الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا Today we have with us a very very special guest all the way from UK uh, First of all, welcome back to the Fikra podcast I've been I've been away for a slight period of time I've, I think the last one I made was in the middle of Ramadan uh, But inshallah, you know, we're going to be consistent now I have few guests scheduled for the next few weeks in Alhamdulillah um, So the main thing that I wanted to give you guys on this is that we have a Stajmal with us and the Stajmal, if you don't know Stajmal, what have you been doing on Instagram? <laughs> if you have to follow him, uh, Jamal Nasser, I believe it's Jamal, J-A-M-A-L-N-S-S-R because everything else probably was taken, but uh, you know what I mean, subhanAllah. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for being here. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Kayf haaluka ya sheikh? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Bekhir, I am very well. Thank you for asking. And jazakallahu khairan, barakallahu fikum. I thank you for inviting me to your podcast and allowing me to share this um, platform with yourself. And inshallah ta'ala, perhaps... Uh, bring some benefit to those who listen to us, inshallah ta'ala, uh, now and listen to us later on. Jazakumullahu kulla khaira barakallahu fiqh and thank you for welcoming me. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm very excited. <laughs> when you meet someone who, obviously, to the extent that they've gone with the Qur'an, to the extent that everybody is loved in a different way by Allah, when you meet someone who's on a little higher level, you feel that within yourself, you know what I mean? And and, and it goes to with, with all of our teachers as well. Um, so, you know, the first and foremost point that I would like everybody to know is that, um, like the, uh, I think episode six it was, I had my Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Ismail Isa. He, um, huge in Qur'at, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's um, I think he, he, he was the first one to ever really tell me that, you know, all right, you need work on Tajweed. So that, you know, and, and all my teachers have told me that if you ever want your ego to be uh, shattered, go to a Tajweed teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, of course. Um, so first and foremost, I would like to like ask, you know, where did your journey with the Quran start? Because obviously you also have the Qur'at al-Ashar al-Sughra. And then what is, what is the differences? Because I know that my audience, you know, they've been introduced to the Qur'at. So alhamdulillah, we, we can get past the, you know, in the Qur'an, inshallah, we can, alhamdulillah, we know that. So what can you tell us about your journey? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een wa ba'du. So as for the journey, and where the journey began, then I would say that the journey began with my teacher, like you kind of brushed up on. Mm. And uh, it's very amazing to hear from different people in the world at different levels. You, know, you hear even brothers and sisters who are in the beginning journey and they memorize but one or two Jews. But they say, my teacher, my teacher, my teacher. And this is something that shows the virtue of the spiritual teacher uh, over the spiritual student and the pipeline that's between this teacher and the student connecting them both into the hereafter and what they share between themselves is a surge of iman 
and this is what is allowing them to connect and this is what is allowing them to feel this bond that which you will not feel with any other teacher who's teaching you any other subject subhanallah some of the scholars would even say even if it's an islamic subject because if you have it with a teacher who's teaching you fiqh or teaching you the seerah of the prophet sallallahu which are subjects that are part of the sharia but because it's not the speech of allah that teacher will not mean the same to you like the teacher who's teaching you the speech of Allah Azza wa So me personally, that's where it began. My first teacher, it's kind of where uh, the, he, the enticement began and I was enticed towards the book of Allah and taking that road. Uh, and then after that, subhanAllah, Allah blessed me with more teachers and they are all as if, as if like the way I describe it is as if they came out of one madrasa. One madrasa means that the, the students will be taught the same, right? Is if all these mm-hmm. teachers came out the same, like high school or something, like what you guys call high school. <laughs> and yeah. they have the same like methods of teaching and nurturing and cultivating. and They are yeah, special people. These are people who are chosen by Allah. So this is where it began. This is where it began. Yeah, subhanAllah, the, the, the journey itself, everybody has their own. You know what I mean? You can't ever say that, you know, my journey is exactly like yours. Your journey is exactly like this other person or even your teacher's journey is exactly like yours. But the experiences that even you get just being in that environment, right? The experience that you get being with your teachers. Um, And I think you've mentioned in uh, another uh, one of your talks that you used to spend so much time with your teacher. And, and days, you know what I mean? Like the weekends, you would spend time with your teacher and like, you know, eat with your teacher, you know, be there with your teacher, talk to your teacher. So obviously the, the main question that we might all have, who do we go to as a teacher? And how do we, how do we get that person? How do we know that person's qualified? <laughs> but, uh, that's a very good question. Um, who do we go to for a teacher and how do we know that person is qualified? But before I ask that question, answer that question, sorry, um, one thing that I, I should mention is that as students, we ought to remember that by default, the teachers are, are doing their job and the teachers yeah, course, are qualified. But why do I say that? Mm. It's because sometimes we, we flip the tables and we make it seem like as a student, I need to make sure I get, I get the right teacher, I get the right teacher. How's about being the right student? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and this teacher has already learned what he had to learn. Mm-hmm. He's now in the place of teaching and ta'aleem. You are in the place of uh, ta'allum. You are in the place of learning, not him. So you are meant to adorn yourself in the correct way. So it's important to give that sort of introduction before answering that question because otherwise it'll seem like uh, people now they may go away and start making like a checklist for a teacher and making sure the teacher exactly they're like you know it does it does it does like what is you know what I mean yeah, which isn't correct um, as for um, like how a teacher should carry himself then some of the things that I mentioned is the teacher should embody himself with the Quran embody himself with the Quran so it's not so much about ilm it's about amal so they say like Ain Lam Meem, that's ilm. It's meant to be the other way. Ain Meem Lam. Amal. Amal Amal. We see how far the Quran has reached in you. So when you are like that, people can tell straight away you are a person of the Quran. Some of the scholars they say the, the non-Muslims, when they see a Muslim, they see you via your akhlaq and how you carry yourself. 
they don't understand the five pillars. They don't understand salah. They don't understand siyam, zakah, hajj. They don't understand those things. They know about them. They've heard it, but they don't get it. But what they see is how you are behaving. Similarly, the teacher, they see how you are behaving. So a teacher who's actually adorning himself with the Qur'an and carrying himself in the proper manner, the manner of the Qur'an. If you see a teacher like that, this is a teacher to approach and to take from, inshaAllah ta'ala. Like the people of the past, they would say, Indeed, this, this knowledge that you, you are studying, whatever it may be from the Sharia, from the deen of Allah, it is your deen, in fact. So pay close attention to who you take it from. These are one of the things that you pay attention to, how they actually carry themselves, their amal and their implementation. Hmm. And, and one of the things that new students, they get very zealous, uh, and that zealous uh, nature becomes, I learn one thing and I'm the master in that. That, that. that period of the student needs to get, like, you know what I mean? You have to kind of get over yourself, in a sense. You think you know everything, you know, that's, that's, and that's what the children as well, when they learn something, they think they know more than their parents. Yes. It's something very common. It's something very common. And uh, yeah. I'd say the intention behind it, it's pure because the student, it probably shows that the student is enjoying what he's learning and he's proud of himself for having learned what he has learned. But maybe the uh, cause of action that he's doing now, like, oh, showing that he knows, it, maybe that's not good. And that could be, um, what hinders him from further progress what hinders him from further progress because they are, th- they are thinking that they have achieved so much already mm. subhanallah when you think that you have achieved this is the greatest indication that you you are not going to be a high achiever you are not going to be somebody who delves into the depths of knowledge you are not yeah because you already are satisfied with the little that you have reached and it is little compared to what is not as always say but learning the whole quran isn't little yeah, but when you compare that with all that you don't know, خلاص, because very little. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think when you compare, um, even to be honest, when you're done with your, like, for example, hifs, right? If you compare that to what your now teacher has done, you're still lower. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so what, so the question now is, we we've we've heard that you've studied with uh, Sheikh Abdul Rashid Sufi, right? Now may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him for us. Um, so where did that happen? You know, how does one person living in the UK, uh, growing up in the UK, and and if you could touch on that, doing all like being, you know, what I mean, in in the West technically, right? Uh, because you know I'm in America, you're in the UK, you grew up there, we all grew up there. So what do you, how did that happen? <laughs> how did you uh, learn? So uh, that was like prearranged from Allah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It was decreed, yeah. Yeah, of course it was decreed, but it just happened to be um, the Sheikh, he was in the UK for a visit um, and so I saw him in a masjid and he was just sitting there, like, alone, peacefully. And I said to myself, it's now or never, you know? <laughs> if you don't do it now, <laughs> you get another chance because people are probably going to be around him all the time. Now he's all alone, which is rare. So I just went to him. I just sat down with him, introduced myself to him. And um, he was reading Quran at that time, I remember. And um, I said to him that, Sheikh, do you mind if I read the Quran with you? 
this Danny story is already online, but the, the Sheikh narrates it on his perspective. He says that I was reading. That's what he says. <laughs> but it's not really the case, and I did mention it to him later on. He must have forgotten. So <laughs> what you find online, what, when the Sheikh is talking about, he says that he saw me reading and he came to me, right? <laughs> That's what he said. But it's actually <laughs> the other way around. It was him that was reading and I went to him. And... Um, and I, I knew the Sheikh, he he likes and he's fond of people reading the Qur'an with him. Mm. Reviewing the Qur'an together. So I used that as a catalyst to get to know him. And I said, Sheikh, can I read the Qur'an with you? And so on. And it just began from there. We read and he, he was happy. And he invited me the next day and the following day. Um, and I was seeing him throughout his time in the UK. He was here on a da'wah trip. I was like accompanying him everywhere. And after that, he invited me to Qatar and خلاص, one thing led to the next. And uh, it began like regular, we began regular visits and um, embarking on the journey with the Sheikh on a more higher level. And it kind of started from that one encounter in the masjid. So a benefit to take away from that is, sometimes you don't know what one encounter may lead to. One mm. salam, one kalam, one sit down with somebody, one conversation. It may lead to something great that will change your entire life. So if I didn't have the guts to go to the sheikh or I didn't want to do it or etc., I would not be here. Like, uh, maybe I wouldn't even be in the podcast with you. Wallahu <laughs> alam. Because when one thing changes, your faith changes after that. Everything can be changed. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. That's something that I've also, uh, how I got to know even within my area, I wouldn't ever have gotten to know um, our uh, sheikh uh, Ismail. I wouldn't have gotten to know him. Why? Because... What I did was I I was very I was kind of like sneaky about it, right? I in my second episode of my podcast, I talked about him, I mentioned him, and then I called him out. I was like, you know, yeah, Sheikh, would you please be in my podcast? And then I cut that part out, and then I posted that on Instagram. And then Instagram, subhanAllah, it's very beneficial for having like Shayukh on Instagram because then you just tag them, right? So I tagged him, and then he was he you know he followed me, contacted me, and then one thing led to another, and then we did a podcast. Uh, and then after that, Subhanallah, that doesn't doesn't just end there. Now now I see him more of like a mentor slash an older brother slash like like just this teacher, and and it's just so amazing now because he he says now right he's like you know. Before you even move on to the Qur'an, first work on Hafs. <laughs> because I'm very, I'm very uh, hard on myself. I push myself to a very higher extent just for, for the reason of just trying to better myself, inshallah, you know. The, the main point is the motivation. And to have someone there with, that is connected with the Qur'an to motivate you like that. You know, because if you don't have that, then a lot of times, like, like for example, right? I wanted to I wanted to touch upon your uh, you you have a Somali background right yeah mashallah um, and they do this thing right and with the Quran they, for their circles um, I don't want to pronounce it wrong but I think you know what it is it's where you go around in the circle and then you one person recites and then the next person recites and then the next person recites yeah. what is it called Subah Subah yeah yeah okay 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 because there was a C at the end. Uh, yeah, somewhere. That's so, that, that's the <laughs> yeah. uh, Well, for for me, uh, when you write it in English, it's a three is a ayn. <laughs> for, for the for the Amia. Um, but yeah, and um, 
how has and obviously you've mentioned that you know your parents had a big hand in yeah, pushing you to go as well um and and so what ages did you like do these things like what age were you done with hifs and then where did you did did you just go right after to the qiraat or did you you know was sheikh abd rashid sufi the reason you know what i mean where where was that the quran i i finished the memorization of the quran maybe at the age of 13 approximately mm-hmm. Um, I remember I then like spent about two three years. Um, working on my hef, um, mm. which I think is really bad. When people ask me now, about my hef journey and stuff, and they say, "How's your Quran strong, etc." Um, I actually told them that my journey isn't one worth mentioning, <laughs> because mm. I believe that if you finish the Quran and then it takes you two to three years to strengthen it all, that's not necessarily. The best uh, journey Because some Someone can learn the whole Quran From beginning to end in 2-3 years But you, it took you to revise it in 2-3 years Correct? Yeah So this shows that the Quran was super weak It must yeah, that's yeah. What it indicate So that's how my case was <laughs> When I finished at that time It took me about 2-3 years to strengthen it um, And then when it was finally strengthened Is when I met the Shaykh And then the journey of the Qur'an began So maybe at the age of 16 It started there yeah. So yeah, no the I I know um myself as well. It uh, my probably won't be mentioned <laughs> worth mentioning because uh, I I took a year to do the thirtieth juz, a year to do the twenty ninth, and then yeah, and and then it was the only reason why because I kept stopping and starting and stopping and starting. Why? Because I felt like my my intentions were just all over the place. I. Uh, and we're going to touch upon this, inshallah. I was one of those Instagram reciters, right? Mm. Uh, really no care for tajweed. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, and we all know what we're talking about. Be- uh, because we, we now see where this... It's an overload of information online. Um, especially in Instagram. Uh, now TikTok has those reciters. Um, so the, where do we draw the line with that? You know what I mean? Where Where do we say... Okay, where can we advise, and then where do we, you know, should we say don't listen to them? You know what I mean. Like if someone is clearly just, for example, for lack of better terms, auto tuning their recitation, okay, and and you'd be surprised, uh, very very severely auto tune. Um, so where does that even fall in this, right? Okay, um, <laughs> <coughs> auto tune. Uh, it's important um, to understand where it's come from. So if I ask you where did this come from, what would you say? Where, what do you mean? Where has that come from? What is it? <laughs> what is it? An instrument it's, for? What is it's it? for rapping. It's, it's for, for rapping. It's for rapping. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. There's no... That's it. It's, it. it's dropped. That's the case is gone. Because... <clears throat> This is not part of the Sharia. Yeah. It is yeah. in opposition with the Deen and the Quran. Mm. The Quran is on one side and auto tune and its jama'ah is on the other side. Mm. So it's not something that is um that is that is required. And secondly, the Quran doesn't require any of that. The Quran is beautiful as it is. And whoever recites the Quran, the Quran is beautiful. Whoever. I was telling a group of brothers recently that um singers and artists um, when they, I don't know about singing, but this is what I have come to know. 
<laughs> from someone who's uh, like like observing that um, is that <laughs> not observing <laughs> but, but but when you when you when you see the this jama'a these people who do singing and stuff um, you you find out how they work and how they do their things so you find that if someone releases a track or something like that and then you have others who are going to take the track and imitate him or her <laughs> if they're not imitating properly and they don't have the tone of voice or they don't have this yani it's disregarded yani there's not they're not good enough they're not up to scratch but yeah. the, but the quran even when you find a brother or a sister trying their best to imitate a famous sheikh a famous qari that everyone knows but they're not really there yet but they're trying you could tell they're trying mm-hmm. it's still beautiful because the quran in and within itself is beautiful so i would say those two things to answer that question number one um let's see where the origin of this thing is and we've identified that it's from music and rap um so it's not befitting to bring that to the quran and number two the quran is not in need of it anyway if the quran was in need for yeah, it yeah, maybe this, yeah, yeah. This, this can be explored but it doesn't need to be explored because the quran does not need it the quran does not need it. That, that is a very, very great point that you have to look at the origin of why, where it comes from, first of all. And then the Quran, like that's the kalam Allah. We can't, we can't distort that or even try to, um, because it's beautiful within itself. And that's the, that's the nature of it. Um, so now, now that we, you know, we've talked about, you know, your journey with the West, uh, you know, growing up in the UK uh, with Sheikh Abdul Rashid Sufi as well. Now, um, getting a little bit more uh, general, I would say, now that, you know, everybody's in lockdown, quarantine, uh, you know, and we're at home. So, so where does one lie with, um, and I know you give a lot of beneficial uh, talks on, you know, when you're secluded, what to do, you know, how these things work. Um, how can one, you know, try to benefit their time with the Qur'an uh, what tips would you have for memorization, I would say, when you're home? Uh, especially since since a lot of people are just, just home, you know what I mean? Doing a lot of people I know doing nothing. So how can you, how can you, how can they benefit their time with the Qur'an? Um, what would you suggest? Would they memorize or just read? So what is beneficial to them, inshallah? Um... The Prophet وسلم, he says, Everybody will find easy that which they have been innately created to do. Yeah, and if you are somebody who finds joy in memorizing the Quran, memorize it. If you find joy in understanding the Quran and going through the different chapters of the Quran one by one and knowing what Allah is speaking about, do that. If you are somebody who loves to read about the reasons of revelation for the Quran and the sciences pertaining to that, then do that. Aslan, a person should ensure fundamentally they have some portion of the Quran in their life. And there are things that are paramount for every believer to have, and there are other things that it's based on preference. If you like like that, you go for that. So for example, reciting the Quran is paramount for the believer. Every believer has to recite the Quran. Someone may say, is this wajib? Well, it's a commandment. <laughs> and I have been commanded, the Prophet ﷺ saying, to be from amongst the Muslims and to read the Quran. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands him in other places as well. Iqra. Allah says to him, Iqra. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says to him, Awzid alayhi wa radtilil Qur'an tartil. Read the Qur'an. It's an imperative verb. So we ought to read the Qur'an as believers, number one. Um, number two, memorization, implementation, and um, understanding the Qur'an as well. These things, they come later on, and a believer should incorporate that into their life. But the amounts, the amounts of it, how much they want to do, and which area they want to focus on, um, is best for the person to find their own way. Because when we enforce a, a people to do a specific way, like, just go for the tafsir, man. Just do that. This is the way forward. Or the, the memorization of the Qur'an. This is what you're meant to be doing. Everyone else is doing it. Why do you want to do This is pushing the people away. Pushing the people away. Um, the ummah have enough huffat. Walillahi alhamd. If you want to be a half of the zol, and this is not to discourage anyone to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, at the course. same time either. But it's like some of how our teachers explain it. They explain it like this. They, there's enough huffat and the Qur'an is never going to be lost. Walillahi alhamd. So it's not farad aini upon you to memorize the Qur'an right now. It's not an individual obligation. It's a communal obligation and a large group have already taken that burden off us. Like we're talking about the millions. Khalas. Yeah. If you want to be from amongst them, ahlan wa sahlan. If you don't want to be from amongst them, ahlan wa sahlan. You can still be a good Muslim if you don't memorize the Qur'an. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but reading the Qur'an is paramount. That, let's differentiate between the two. Reading is one thing, memorization is another thing. Allah. No, of course. Uh, so, so... Everybody has their own like specialty. Everybody has their own, and and even if you know what I mean. Obviously, everybody, uh, and and I would say that you know a lot of the scholars um, when they came uh, and they were more focused on like you know fiqh and like uh, so many debates and everything within their lifetime. That at their end, they were like you know I wish I spent more time with Quran, um, and and why? Uh, just a personal question, like why why do you think that would be? I think it's the Quran when it, you know, you uncover what the Quran has within it and you realize what the Quran has to offer. That's when you, when, when you would regret busying yourself with anything else. Why did I busy myself with other things? Why? Why? When I don't get out of these other things, what I get out of the Quran, I will never receive the satisfaction and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as I could have. When I'm outside of the Qur'an, I will not. Mm. The rewards and the, everything that's in store for me, the afterlife, it's only found within the pursuit and the path of the Qur'an. So these scholars, this is what they realized. And they knew this beforehand as well. But when they are mm. saying this at the end of their life, it's, and Allah says, فَاعْتَبِرُوا يَا الْأَبْصَارِ Like, all people who have insight, all people who have understanding, all al-bab, take, take heed from the people who have come before you. So we have to take lessons. We don't want to be also at the end of our life saying, oh, we regret as well. No, we don't want to be like those scholars or those individuals who yeah. came before us. We want to say, subhanAllah, that happened to him. I can't let it happen to me. That's what we have to say. So I say like uh, understanding what the Quran has within it, understanding the Quran as a concept. What is the Quran? What, or how, how do I benefit from the Quran? How do I open up the Quran for myself? When I learn that, inshaAllah ta'ala, I will understand why they said that. Yes. This is the card. Uh, subhanallah. Uh, yeah. Um, so much benefit to take, inshallah. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I've always admired is that you you try to really make people understand and normalize the studies of the Qur'at. Um, and, 
you've and and even yesterday when we were scheduled the 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 sheikh from I believe Nigeria, the one that you're doing the I believe you're trying to do a khatam with uh, Rawaya Susi. Uh, you know, may Allah bless you. May Allah make it easy for you. Um, so, so you've like we see like you're firm. You know what I mean? Obviously, but like mashallah. But how does one get to the level of being firm? Uh, what memorization tips do you have specifically? Um, like, uh, let's get like I guess technical. How many? I mean, obviously. So my teachers always tell me that you know, however many times you try to revise, it's going to be less. You know what I mean? You can always do more. So, so uh, what would you suggest as a, a practical way to approach how, whoever's? Uh, well, let's do first for the one who wants to start hifs, once who's in hifs, and then once who's done with hifs. Sure. So uh, there's three. First and foremost, before answering that question. It's very important yeah. to know that the Qur'an is a speech of Allah as we know But that means mm-hmm. that Allah gives the Qur'an to whom He wants So it's possible if we give these practical advices that you carry them out But you're still not a recipient of the Qur'an And that's mm-hmm. because of maybe lacking a prerequisite beforehand Which is Al-Ikhlasu Sincerity yeah. And to do um, this Amr, this like matter, learning the Qur'an, this pursuit for yeah. the face of Allah alone. And if you do that, then whatever practical way you take after that, it will be made easy for you. So one of my teachers, every time he's asked about, um, every time without fail that I've seen, when he's asked about, Sheikh, how can we make sure we don't forget the Quran, we forget the Quran. This is a question that ulama of Quran are asked like all the time. Yeah. And, and then he says, Kathratu takrar, excessive repetition, excessive repetition. So if you have the ikhlas beforehand, Whatever method you take, so long as it has excessive repetition, Allah will open out for you. Like some of the people, they say, oh, memorize the ayah 20 times. Memorize the second ayah 20 times. Then connect the two 20 times. The third ayah 20 times. First three 20 times. Fourth. Th- that's, not, that's not one size fits all. You have a student who's a 50 times ayah level. <laughs> you have another one, only five times. If he reads it, he'll memorize it. So saying 20 times as if it's like wahi, like it fits everyone is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Or 30 times. Yeah. What you say instead is takrar, excessive repetition. Because excessive repetition means five and excessive repetition can also mean fifty because it's repeated. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, see? So now mashallah you've come out with a khilaf and you've given an answer that's um shamil, it's comprehensive for everybody. Yeah. And if I re- so like the, 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 everyone does videos on it nowadays, uh, how to memorize the Quran and they say these numbers. If I do a yeah. video and I say, okay, the best way to memorize the Quran is excessive repetition. And keep repeating until you get the hang of it. Freestyle it in the beginning. And then when you see the kind of learner you are, stick to that amount. It's better than me saying to everybody in the world, hey, read the ayah 10 times. I've heard, I've heard 40 times as well. The aqwala kathira. There's a lot of views of verdicts. No, if you come uh, to go back to the question that you asked, if you go and you have you go back to ikhlas, we go back to ikhlas. You have the ikhlas sincerity. Whatever path you take, so long as it has excessive repetition, you will learn the Quran because this is the prophetic advice. Ta'ahadu had al Quran. فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ لَهُوَ أَشَدُّ تَفَلُّتًا مِنَ الْإِبْلِ فِي عُقُورِهَا. Review this Quran continuously again and again. Excessive repetition. And notice how the Prophet ﷺ, he never gave a number. That's what that's the point we are sharing. Mm. He just said review oh, okay, it. Okay. So this is a prophetic yeah. Nabawi advice. 
then he swears by Allah. I swear by the one whose hand my soul lies in. It escapes the Quran, escapes from memory faster than camels do from a bonded rope. Hmm. It's an authentic hadith. So this is how we should advise the people. And this is the same for what you said about the person who's in the journey, the person who's uh, before, in and after. Hmm. So like you, you're in the journey, um, you have hifth, new memorization, you have revision. Both of them require excessive repetition. Post hifth, once you finish, there's no more new memorization, but there's a lot of revision to do. Otherwise, all of this Quran you've been learning for years is going to escape from memory, like camels do from a bonded robe, like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Yeah, he mentioned. Yeah, of course. Yes, so you do that, inshallah ta'ala. You, they say, مَن لَيْسَ لَهُ وِرْدٌ فَهُوَ قِرْدٌ Whomsoever doesn't have a wird, a daily portion, Verily, he's a monkey. This is a little joke that they have in the Quran. <laughs> they say things like that. They say, man, man khams lam yans. If you read five juz a day, you will never forget the Quran. And it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's true. If you read that sort of amount a day, just give it like a few months. Your Quran will all like be like clean. The whole thing will be the same level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's, you know, that's in the journey and then after a journey and then before. So then what about I've, I've heard brothers tell me that, you know, how do you prevent burnout? Burnout meaning uh, when, when your mind just stops working. So what, what I would say for this, or what I do is I, if I ever feel that I'm, I'm doing too much, my mind is going to like basically shut off, right? What I do in that sense, right? I just end up going outside, you know, taking a walk, uh, coming back, really just doing something that's, exactly the opposite but also not in the haram right and so you have to do something that's i guess in the exact opposite level of uh that what you're doing uh, for example like hips the exact opposite i would say a lot of times is video games right uh, there's no real like i guess haram for that it's just you need time off of whatever you were doing so then you can come back reset and recharged yeah i agree i agree i think that's good um, and also, picking the time that suits you, I mean, everyone is different. Everyone has a time that suits them. Uh, and no two people are the same in their journey. So you may be burning out because you are trying to adapt to a style of learning, um, that of which your, your companion is doing or your friend is doing, classmate is doing. And this is making you burn out as a result because you are not that kind of, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I would say what you said as well, I agree. The only thing I would add to it is like, do what works for you only. Do what works for you. Um, see the time that works. Like for example, uh, to, to, to make a practical, something that people always say is um, learn in the morning, there's barakah in the morning. And these are, there's, these, there, there's prophetic reports on that. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But some people, although there's barakah in the morning, their mind is just frozen in the morning. It won't yeah. work. It doesn't matter how much barakah is in there. It won't work. <laughs> yeah. And then they're night people. Then then they're nurse that the lady. They they work in the night time. Yeah. So because of that, he has to now work in the night time. So you have to. It's uh, like the 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 daily amount that I was saying earlier. You have to freestyle to see how much works for you. Also, yeah, the yeah. time that you have to work, you have to freestyle to see what works for you. In the beginning, you're going to be freestyling a lot, but then when you work out what works for you, now you you make everything cemented okay i am going to yeah. do my health at 10 p.m i'm gonna do it at 6 a.m i'm gonna do it at 3 p.m whatever works for you no. i'm i'm a 10 p.m person <laughs> you know and yeah and and uh, no matter how much i tried in the mornings 
Um, I never got the results that I got at night. Uh, so, so I would say that for me, and, and it's against the norm, right? Obviously, you know, I pray Fajr and then, uh, so what I just do in the mornings though is, uh, just revise, right? Yes. I can't memorize, if I try to memorize anything new, my mind just doesn't work. Yeah. So, so my, my thing is, uh, definitely at the nighttime, um, that's my, um, that's my my go-to, uh, oh, and I would say that you know whoever says it doesn't work, I mean they need to try it. <laughs> they need to try this way. <laughs> because, yeah, because because it, it works for me, you know. Um, so I would say that just more a little more questions about you because <laughs> we want to oh, get to know you. Oh, so so what juz and what surah were the hardest to uh, memorize for you? Well, if I'm honest with you, Mashhud. Uh, I memorized the Quran over. I have to calculate it. <laughs> I, I memorized the Quran 13 years ago. Yeah. 13 years ago. <laughs> so that's when I finished. I finished yeah, yeah. 13 years ago. So the journey was even yeah. before that. Makes yeah, sense? Yeah. <laughs> so to ask me like that now, I won't really remember. I remember certain sources that were hard for me. I do remember that. Yeah. Like Surah yeah. Ahzab, I found it quite hard. Surah Yusuf, uh -huh. I found it quite hard. I don't know why. Uh -huh. I found it really, really hard. Um, I think maybe I cheated. <laughs> uh, we've all had our fair share. <laughs> but uh, I remember those two, for example. Those two, for sure. I remember I kind of found them really, really hard. I, I, I was memorizing it all wrong. Even the ayat, when I, eventually, when I thought I'd memorized it, I would go to the teacher and he told me, like, I remember Allah Ta'ala. Uh, the ayah uh, I memorize it as فيه بغاث الناس وفيه يعصرون بغاث so the, the second dot for the yeah I did I, I don't know I must not have seen it it was a bad <laughs> so I went and said بغاث he said what بغاث is what بغاث <laughs> what بغاث is بغاث uh, I remember things like that I went through like in Allah he opened out for us later on but I can't really remember more, more than that to be honest no, of course, of course, that makes it makes sense. When I think back at it, I, I yeah, it makes sense because it's more so for um. So now a lot of brothers that um I, I don't know if you know him. Uh, there's um, not our Uzair. There's another Doctor Uzair. He's uh the one for he like he won all the UK hips competitions, um, you know he he mashallah, a very very firm guy, yeah. um. He actually said that for him, he has a whole list of uh, like ajza that were hard for memorization and everything. Okay. Uh, and, and then he listened, they were like 24, 14, 13. But it's just more like everybody has their own difficulties. Everybody has their own struggles. Like one thing that might be hard for someone that might not be hard for the other person. Um, so so more towards what you're doing nowadays. You know, where, what, are, what are you up to nowadays? I know you're a very, very busy person. Um you know, subhanAllah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless your time. So what are you doing with, uh, are you still working with Sheikh Abdul Rashid Sufi? I heard you're working with Sheikh Ma'asrawi, what are you doing with him? We just want to know. Make dua, yeah, I'm, I'm benefiting from both these mashayikh specifically. Mm. There's other than yeah, them, yeah. but um, what you don't know... Uh, we don't have to mention <laughs> what yeah, you know. I have to I have to, t to uh, comment on because you already know. Uh, <laughs> not you. I mean, I mean the viewers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sheikh Abdul Rashid, Sheikh Masrawi posts Qiraat studies. Um, 
like understanding the um, ruah on a more in-depth level, the asanid, going through them, um, the, the latest um, controversies that are happening around the Quran now, yeah, it's yeah. directly affecting our studies and it's what we are discussing, uh, the ahruf and the qiraat al-ashr, and um, the actual asanid of the ruah, uh, like there's a kitab um, that Sheikh Ayman has us very very beneficial that we're also looking at it's called As-Salasil Al-Dhahabiyya Fil Asanid Al-Nashriya Min Shuyukhi Ila Hadratin Nabawiyya so he has made it the um, golden chains he's called it As-Salasil Al-Dhahabiyya Fil Asanid Al-Nashriya from the chains that are in Al-Nashar Al-Qaraat Al-Ashar by Ibn Jazir Rahimahullah from him until the time of the Prophet Sallallahu So he's made it into like chains, like trees, like what they call a tree structure. Um, and then going through that one by one and understanding who these men even were. Because the Quran reached us through them. So it's, it's only the right upon us to, for us to know about them. Yeah. So this is the kind of things that are going on now. Make dua, inshaAllah ta'ala. Um, it demands a oh, lot. Course, it demands a lot and yeah. requires a lot. But that's what's happening, alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. No, of course, that's, um, uh, and especially with the, the doubts that obviously I'm nowhere near trying to understand those. Um, and, and the main thing is that, you know, we, we go to the people of knowledge when we have any doubts, right? And, and especially with, um, with Dean, especially, um, you know, you can have a doubt on, you know, a formula for math, but when you have a doubt and a, and a true shubha uh, in, in Dean, uh, that's the time where you try to ask questions to your teachers and to the shuyukh that are, you know, because that's that's the main uh, the main purpose is to learn, right? And and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions waladina utul ilm and darajat, and the the people of knowledge they have levels, so you have to go to those that know while you may not know, and uh, and and so. When uh, so, just for the the final points, I would say that how how can someone benefit if uh, so? A lot of people are going towards tajweed and makharaj al huruf. What's the best method, uh, especially being at home now? Uh, maybe obviously you know find a teacher, but then other than that, what can uh, we do as far as maybe should we memorize any? Like, should we memorize tuhfa? What should we do? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd say, um, I give, I'll give a more comprehensive advice, is that the, the, the brothers and sisters, um, they need to, inshallah ta'ala, um, follow the advices and the guidance of the teachers. And the teachers, they know best. If they advise you to memorize a text, memorize a text. You know, sometimes, an advice may be wrong. But when it comes from a walid, when it comes from a teacher, when it comes from a parent, it becomes right, yeah. So on the, if you say, for example, someone said that, someone, you say someone. You you may listen to the advice and say, no, this advice doesn't sound right. It's not, it doesn't sit well with me. That's what people say. It doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you hear it's come from your mother, babe, khalas. Now it sits well with you all of a sudden, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Your father sits well with you. Khalas, the sheikh has to be the same. <laughs> the yeah, spiritual yeah. sheikh, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, is he's different. He's working for your akhirah, he's working for your jannah. He's working for your jannah. Yeah. So whatever they tell you to do, that's what you should be doing. So I wouldn't say it like that because I'm I'm pretty much against it. Even if it's on a podcast or in a general lecture when I'm asked this stuff, I say like no, it depends on the, your teacher. If your teacher says that, you do it. If he says no, then don't do it. They know what they're doing. 
They do. Yeah, yeah. And they know they have that more personal connection with this person exactly. versus if, uh, like, for like example, like, if I just have one conversation with some, uh, you know, obviously bigger sheikh or something, um, and they give me the advice, but then my teacher gives me something that's different from that. Uh, it definitely gives you a little bit of a different feeling. So um, I would say that's the main thing. But um, so, yeah, I mean, this has this has been a very beneficial podcast. I know that you are a very busy person. <laughs> May Allah SWT bless you with your time. May Allah SWT bless you for being here. This was a very, very amazing podcast. Um, I would say that just just if we can have one um, in any any ruwaya, any any qira, <laughs> if we could have one small recitation from you. <laughs> Inshallah, And thank you so much for um, once again inviting me to it. I really do appreciate it. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to place immense barakah in this project and the Fikra podcast. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it um, a place and a platform that a lot of people, they come to and they develop their connection with Allah through. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow them to draw nearer to Him with every single episode that comes out. Amin, amin. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فلما أحس عيسى منهم الكفر قال من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله آمنا بالله واشهد بأننا مسلمون ربنا آمنا بما أنزلت واتبعنا الرسول فاكتبنا مع الشاهدين ومكروا ومكر الله والله خير الماكرين إذ قال الله يا عيسى إني متوفيك ورافعك إلي ومطهرك من الذين كفروا وجاعل الذين اتبعوك فوق الذين كفروا إلى يوم القيامة ثم إلي مرجعكم فأحكم بينكم فيما كنتم فيه تختلفون فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَأُعَذِّبُهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَمَا لَهُمْ مِنْ نَاصِرِينَ وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَنُوَفِّيهِمْ أُجُورَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الظَّالِمِينَ ذَلِكَ نَتْلُوهُ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ وَالذِّكْرِ الْحَكِيمِ إن مثل عيسى عند الله كمثل آدم خلقه من تراب ثم قال له كن فيكون الحق من ربك فلا تكن من الممترين فمن حاجك فيه من بعد ما جاءك من العلم فقل تعالوا فقل تعالوا ندع أبناءنا وأبناءكم ونساءنا ونساءكم وأنفسنا وأنفسنا وأنفسكم ثم نبتهل فنجعل لعنة الله على الكاذبين إن هذا لهو القصص الحق 
وما من إله إلا الله وإن الله لهو العزيز الحكيم فإن تولوا فإن الله عليم بالمفسدين قل يا أهل الكتاب تعالوا إلى كلمة سواء بيننا وبينكم ألا نعبد إلا الله ولا نشرك به شيئا ولا نشرك به شيئا ولا يتخذ بعضنا بعضا أربابا من دون الله فإن تولوا فقولوا اشهدوا بأننا مسلمون يا أهل الكتاب لم تحاجون في إبراهيم وما أنزلت التوراة إلا من بعده وما أنزلت التوراة والإنجيل إلا من بعده أفلا تعقلون هأنتم هؤلاء حاججتم فيما لكم به علم فلم تحاجون فيما ليس لكم به علم والله يعلم وأنتم لا تعلمون ما كان إبراهيم يهوديا ولا نصرانيا ولكن كان حنيفا مسلما وما كان من المشركين إن أولى الناس بإبراهيم للذين اتبعوه وهذا النبي والذين آمنوا والله ولي المؤمنين ودت طائفة من أهل الكتاب لو يضلونكم وما يضلون إلا أنفسهم وما يشعرون يا أهل الكتاب لم تكفرون بآيات الله وأنتم تشهدون يا أهل الكتاب لم تلبسون الحق بالباطل وتكتمون الحق وأنتم تعلمون وقال الطائفة من أهل الكتاب آمنوا بالذي أنزل على الذين آمنوا وجه النهير وكفروا وكفروا آخره لعلهم يرجعون ولا تؤمنوا إلا لمن تبع دينكم قل إن الهدى هدى الله أن يؤتى أحد مثل ما أوتيتم أو يحاجوكم عند ربكم قل إن الفضل بيد الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله واسع عليم يختص برحمته من يشاء والله ذو الفضل العظيم صدق الله